You're listening to the No Hacks Marketing Podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into online marketing topics covering search, content, CRO, social, and performance optimization to help you level up your marketing. No hacks, no shortcuts, only long-term success. Here are your hosts, Slobodan Manich and Katherine Cambau. Welcome to a brand new episode of No Hacks Marketing. I'm excited to be chatting with a two-time guest to talk about developing websites that convert. I have with me today Annie McGuire, a conversion copywriter who's worked with Fortune 500 companies such as L'Oreal, Under Armour, Guinness, and more. Annie, good to have you back. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to see you, to chat with you, and to connect with your listeners again. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm excited. And as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about specifically how to develop websites, user experience that generates leads and makes sales. But before that, I just saw like a few months back that you celebrated your seventh year anniversary as a freelancer this year. Can you, um, I I know you published like the whole story behind it, but maybe you can share (laughs) just a quick snapshot of when you decided to follow your dreams and leave the uh, corporate life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I I so appreciate it. It's like when you're in the weeds and you kind of, you don't think about those moments day to day, it's, it's, it is nice to take a moment and kind of celebrate that for a moment. Like, wow, that's a big milestone. And so I'm really excited to, to, to be here um, at this Mm -hmm. place of my career and excited to share it with people who supported me throughout the process. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like it, it did start seven years ago, I I had started my career working in agencies. I spent the first kind of four years doing that sort of thing, working with those big name clients that you mentioned in the intro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was a great experience. It was was so wonderful to meet with or to to work with really talented, smart, creative people in agencies and to work with those awesome clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just felt this draw to start my own business. It was Mm -hmm. just something that I don't know. It was just like a thing. Like my, I think my dad's, he started his own business and my aunt has her own business. It's maybe something that runs the family, but mm-hmm. I just felt like compelled to do it. So started my own business seven years ago and it's been a great ride. It's been, it was, it was hard, especially the first few years and it's still mm-hmm. hard for different reasons, but I'm happy to be here and I'm glad to be sharing the story with you. That's awesome. Everyone wants to do that but it's always you're in your comfort zone. You feel you're scared of what's going to happen. Would you say that it's just like basically just jumping and taking the leap? Yeah, definitely. It, it is scary, right? Like any kind of change, mm-hmm. especially when you're leaving behind security in some way, whether it's a paycheck or insurance or whatever, yeah. I think it, it's definitely something that people hold back on because of those fears, right? So mm-hmm. that's just kind of part of it. If you can embrace it or find ways to kind of manage those fears, like whether it's coming up with savings or joining like a spouse's insurance or all those different things that can sometimes help out, mm-hmm. uh, or even freelancing on the side where you're still working full time. I think that's something oh, yeah. I recommend. That's a good my... idea. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, you don't have to quit today. You can mm-hmm. build your business over many years and then decide, Hey, you know what? I feel confident now. I feel comfortable doing this and kind of go for it from there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate and are either thinking that or also running their own business. So that's awesome. Speaking of fears and all that, one thing that I notice with most websites now, because most of us are heavy mm-hmm. online users, right? 
there's a meme going on about when you click on a website, you're greeted with the cookies that you have to accept, all the pop-ups that you have to click before you can get to the main content that you're after. What do you think? <laughs> like you've worked with a lot of companies and you've experienced dealing with a lot of websites. What do you think is the biggest problems with most sites these days? Yeah, that's such a great question. And there's a lot of them, to be honest, and every mm -hmm. business is different. But if I had to say like kind of two things that come to mind is mm -hmm. uh, the first is a lot of businesses, they don't really know what kind of content to focus on, meaning what to include, what to exclude, how many pages, what should be on those pages. So I feel like a lot of times businesses make the mistake of just like putting everything out there, kind of trying yeah. to like blanket with everything possible. And yeah. that can just end up with like a bloated navigation, too many mm -hmm. pages, too much content. It's like a very overwhelming experience, especially from like a first time user standpoint. So that's sort of the main one I see. And then related to that is a problem with CTAs or calls, call to action. There's too many. There's too many. There's too many they're just like, they're everywhere and there's no priority happening. Like you just don't know like what's the best action to take or what's the best pathway to achieve my goals from a user standpoint. And there's that problem. And then sometimes you believe it or not, the opposite businesses aren't asking visitors to do anything, or they're asking them to take an action that doesn't, isn't related to the copy or whatever. It just stuff that just doesn't really make sense. It kind of just ends up confusing or frustrating the users and right. businesses are spending a lot of money and effort trying to drive traffic to these websites and they're not getting results. So I think that can be really frustrating for the client or the business. And, and I get it, like working with a lot of these companies, this business owners, I get that from their mind, their goal is to disseminate information as much as possible. So there's no, like, they want to make sure they say all the benefits of that they offer, all the services that they have, <laughs> our company history and all that. And I think there's like a, a good place where they're coming from. They want the potential customer to get to know them. But I guess, like, what is missing there? Like, speaking from your conversion copywriting standpoint, like, how can they narrow it down to help the customers better, like make the user experience better when I'm a customer, when I'm a company and I want to make sure that I'm getting my services and my message across? Absolutely. So it can be tricky, right? Like businesses and visitors, they have mm -hmm. multiple goals. Like businesses, they want sales, they want mm -hmm. to build their email list, get signups for an event, whatever. Visitors like businesses have their own set of goals. They want yeah. to find more information about the product or get in touch or get a discount code. Mm -hmm. And it can just totally vary depending on what stage of the funnel they're in. But the thing to remember is not every goal is created equally, right? right. And if you try to build a website that focuses on every single goal at the same level of priority, you just end up with a mess, like an unfocused website with too much content, uh, far too many call to actions, and just an experience that overwhelms or frustrates, confuses the visitor, doesn't generate results for the client. So what I recommend for my clients when I'm starting out on a project with them is let's talk about your business goals, right? And mm -hmm. we got to prioritize them. We need to put yeah. them into sort of categories, right? Like mm -hmm. what's that primary goal? What is your number one goal? And right. let's focus on that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And from there, let's talk about, okay, 
well, what are your secondary goals? What are your tertiary goals if those exist? Mm -hmm. And how can we uh, sort of prioritize them? So we're funneling back up to that main number one goal. And how can we think about the website experience so that way we're not competing with the number one goal because that's the most important. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can just prioritize your goals in order of importance and really focus on that number one goal, for, and then kind of cascade down from there, that mm-hmm. will help you build a website that helps visitors achieve their goals and also helps the business generate results. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing is, most marketing tactics is to run ads that, to drive traffic back to the site. But then when you spend all those money and you drive traffic and then it's confusing and it's all over the place and the customer doesn't know where to focus on or what to do exactly or worse like what they're searching for did not meet what you have on the website then it's really a waste of money so i guess maybe we can talk about what framework would you recommend like if we're if a business owner is listening to us right now and say maybe we should pick like a say e-commerce is is quite easy because usually the main goal is to make a sale but what if it's like a services website or maybe you have like a recent client that you want to share and maybe we can use that example to navigate to the process for sure for sure so well let's take a step back and just talk Mm -hmm. about we we just chatted about how with a website, it's going to help you achieve specific goals, right? For you, right. for your business standpoint. But I think what the problem is, is businesses, they, they put their own goals oftentimes ahead of the visitor's goals. And I think that's a big problem with the user experience mm-hmm. is you really need to build an experience first and foremost, that helps visitors accomplish their goals, whatever they set out to do. Of course, mm-hmm. your goals and the visitor's goals, if you're prioritizing right, should be aligned. So right. if you are servicing first, the visitor it's going to help you in the end achieve whatever goals that you set out to achieve. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like an overall framework that you can follow, what I recommend are kind of two different approaches for clients. The first is prioritizing the user experience to serve the needs of a particular group of visitors. So for example, we talked about like that example of a service-based business. Mm -hmm. My business is a service-based business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my website is optimized for leads who are at the bottom of the sales funnel. So that means my navigation and my content and my call to actions are all driving towards someone who is ready to hire. They might have awareness of me and they are intent on getting to the next stage, which is... Mm -hmm. They would need to first learn about me and my process and then have a place where they can get in, in touch with me, maybe learn about pricing, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's one sort of framework that I would recommend in terms of like a user experience. Mm-hmm. The other, and this is probably more typical of like bigger businesses who are serving multiple visitors in different stages of the sales funnel is you can serve multiple visitors at the same time. You just need to focus on giving each group clear pathways for what they're looking for and how to achieve their goals. So I think it still comes back to prioritizing. Like if let's say you are serving visitors at every stage of the sales funnel, it is still about, okay, who's the priority audience and working Mm -hmm. backwards from there and just making sure that the pathway you're creating to help them achieve their goals using a clear navigation, maybe audience specific pages, clear copy, accessible call to action, all those things can serve different audiences. But like 
and coming back to the example of my website, another service-based business, the, the primary call to action of getting in touch with me does not compete with the secondary call to action, which is really served for more people who are at the top of the sales funnel, people mm-hmm. who just want to learn about conversion copywriting, maybe want to join my email list. Yeah. That's still there. It's accessible on my website. There's a clear pathway for users to get there, but mm-hmm. it's not competing with the primary call to action. So really those are the two options is focus on that one audience that supports that primary goal or mm-hmm. just create a, a, an experience that helps different kinds of visitors at different stages with different goals accomplish their goals, wants, and needs, but in a clear, accessible way, if that makes sense. Right. So you're saying there's definitely a way to talk to different segments of people, whether they're just there for awareness or they're they have they're considering you already or they're ready to hire you. It's just that you have to make sure that they land on the right pages, I guess, and then you talk you give them the right message. It is definitely. And and Mm -hmm. I think just like when you're developing the overall experience, whether you're focused on the navigation or the pages or the call to action, I think it just keeps coming back to that order priority, right? It's like Mm -hmm. that number one customer and making sure when I'm developing the experience, I'm thinking of them first Mm -hmm. and then, okay, for the other people, though, the secondary kind of group, how can I still make it easy for them to achieve their goals or to find what they're looking for? And just making Mm -hmm. sure I'm balancing both of those things when I'm developing the overall structure and the overall experience. Right. And I think we haven't touched this yet. And I guess this is also, uh, I guess, a challenging part for if I'm the business owner is how do I know when or how to use the customer insight when developing my website for for the user experience because maybe I feel like that's the often missed step that's why there's like a disconnect or your your message is too broad or there's nothing happening on the website yeah absolutely I think research is always where I start my process it's Mm -hmm. it's basically like research strategy CRO is mixed in there. And then copywriting comes all the way down at the other end of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so yeah, I think that once you've done the work of prioritizing your business goals and then Mm -hmm. choosing that target audience that you want to focus on or audiences, Mm -hmm. collecting the research that is about that audience is obviously the first part of the process, whether Mm -hmm. through surveys or reading through reviews, review mining, customer interviews, et cetera. And then going back through that information to pick out what's important to the customer in terms of the product, what sorts of challenges they are trying to overcome, what sorts of goals are they trying to achieve, what might hold them back in terms of purchasing barriers, and kind of taking in all of that information and translating that into the the user experience. And I know that that's, it's kind of hard to explain it just in like a quick snapshot. It's sort of like mm-hmm. a process and that's, yeah. we'll talk about this later, but that's basically what my product, this bootcamp I'm launching is teaching people is mm-hmm. how do you go from that point where you've got some insights and then what do you do with them? How does that inform the structure and how does that inform the navigation and the content hierarchy and the pages? But I do think that the if you can at least just gather the information intuitively there should be things that stand out to you that can Mm -hmm. inform the navigation or the pages. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we know that these are the most important things that people care about in terms of features and benefits for the product because we ran a survey and asked them or we have in-app 
surveys or something that kind of people interacting with the product at the same time. So that can help you structure feature pages, or that can help you kind of order the content. And if we know that say part of their decision-making process is, well, I look at reviews, I do a Google search and I look through reviews and the best top rated is what the one I choose. Great. Let's make sure we incorporate that throughout the website. Let's show social proof. Let's make sure mm-hmm. that people can see the, that star rating, but stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. asking those right questions, getting the information you need, and then thinking again, kind of intuitively, how does that translate to the website and how can that kind of inform the overall experience? Right, right. So definitely we need to use those data. I'm sure they're most companies have that user information or user research, but the thing is, do they use it and how do they incorporate it to their overall architecture or the overall flow of the website? Another thing, I think you've touched on this already, is also how do we balance the user experience versus making sure that you hit your goal? So example, I want to make sure that people would sign up to my newsletter. So most uh, the, the oftentimes what I notice is that there's call to action like on top, on the floating navigation, on the sidebar, and it's everywhere. Is that like the best thing to do? Like how do I marry making sure that my primary goal is visible and it's clear and also making sure that it's still friendly to the user and it's not all over their face? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just always comes back to kind of thinking about the balance of what is my goal as the business and what is the visitor's goal. So mm-hmm. if, if let's say your goal, like you said, is to get visitors to sign up for my newsletter, well, are the visitors who are coming to your site, is that what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Are they looking for information? Do they want to join your newsletter or are they trying to buy the product or mm-hmm. are they looking for a discount code? So I think that making sure that your your business goals align with the visitor's goals is the first and foremost thing to make sure you're not like shoving the wrong thing in their face as a first step. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that, I think that we need to give more credit to the visitor. Like, I think it's, if you're following, like, let's say best practices and you're putting the CTAs in places where the visitor expects, like in the hero, the middle of the page, the bottom Mm -hmm. of the page, Mm -hmm. um, in, in the, at the far right of the the navigation, that sort of thing. I don't think you need to sort of like bonk them over the head with it, like (laughs) pop-up banner side panel thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like, that's just going to annoy someone and be, they're going to be like, why is this person so desperate? Why are they so eager to get this information from me? So I think it is like a balancing act of like, if it's all in the right places, mm-hmm. let's take a, take a step back, let the visitor kind of do their own thing. And I, I think that like when, especially when you use research to, to kind of create the overall experience based on what about the visitor, you don't have to be so crazy about it. You can like lay back and feel confident knowing what well, I developed this really great data driven experience. So Mm -hmm. I know that the user is going to be able to find what they're looking for. I don't need to shove it down their throat because it's so simple. It's so easy. It's so intuitive that no matter what it is that they're looking for or what goals that they're trying to achieve, they're going to be able to find it. So that's always my goal when I'm trying to work with clients or work on my own site is I'm like, it has to be clear, has to be intuitive, has to be simple. And it has to, the user has to be able to navigate it and figure it out without any interference from me. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I think it's the best time to talk about the bootcamp that you mentioned earlier. I think that will help us 
kind of wrap things up and tell our listeners what they can expect from that bootcamp? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm launching this new bootcamp. It comes out on Monday, September 19th. It's called How to Build Websites That Convert. And it's basically the process that I use for my clients, but simplify down to four steps taught in a much kind of faster time frame. So it's really ideal for consultants who help clients build or improve websites. And it's also great for business owners or people who work on teams that are working on building or improving websites for that company. So if that's interesting to you, I definitely recommend checking it out. It will only just be that four weeks. So it's a nice little time block. You're getting specific a website brief and information architecture, conversion focus copy kind of in that time frame. And there are going to be special pricing and bonuses available for that first week. So if it sounds interesting to you, I definitely recommend checking it out. And if you have any questions, you can always chat me on the page or you can send me an email directly. Right. And I checked out the landing page. We will share the link at the description so you can just check it out. But what it is in a nutshell, from my understanding, is that it helps you select the right content to use for your website. And I think what from what we've been talking about, that step is crucial because the tendency for marketers or for business owners is to just bombard the information about my company so to make sure that I'm not missing out. So I think that's a very important step to to know what information or what content to select and put on your website and then making sure that it's clear and concise and that it gives them the urgency to act on the on the site and most importantly of course what the course is about is making sure that you develop a user experience that generates leads and makes sales so that's the conversion that we all want so make sure to check that out again we will share the link on the description below any last things you'd like to share Annie before we wrap up that no I mean that was a great sales pitch thank you so much <laughs> I, I appreciate it and you put it better than I could it's, it's truly definitely all focus on those things and yeah just really appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you again and to connect with your listeners so thank you again so much for having me yep and they can also find you on LinkedIn and anniewaguire.com right that's that's the website yes, that's correct right. And before I forget, you, if you missed out our earlier episode, please check out episode 39, The Role of Copy and CRO. That's also a great episode. I learned a lot about that conversion copywriting is like 90% research and 10% writing. So if you are <laughs> interested, make sure to listen in. Annie, thank you for your time today. It's really nice to see you and I appreciate you coming and chatting with me again. If you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate it if you can subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to No Hacks Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you can leave a rating on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Visit nohacksmarketing.com to subscribe.